Let the one seeking not stop seeking until they find. When they find, they will become troubled. When they become troubled, they will be astonished. And being astonished, they will reign over the all. And having ruled over the all, they will enter into rest. The stages and levels of seeking and finding, according to a saying of Jesus found in the Gospel of Thomas. Here I am using the complete Gospel of Thomas based on the Greek as well as the Coptic manuscripts. Thus, you heard a couple more things than you normally would if you're acquainted with that passage. The following is a saying also attributed to Yeshua, attributed to the radiant form, the resurrected Christ in the book of Faith Wisdom, the book of Pistis Sophia, a collection of 11 years worth of discourses of the resurrected Christ to his disciples. Seek, all of you, after the light, so that the power of your soul that is in you may live. Do not cease seeking day or night until you find the mysteries of the kingdom of light which will purify you, make you into pure light, and lead you into the kingdom of the light. Welcome to the Sant Mat Satsang Podcast, a production of Spiritual Awakening Radio. Today, titled, Finding Your Spiritual Path and initiation into the mysteries. Also covered today, the five precepts of Sant Mat spirituality and how purity of mind and calmness are the prerequisites to seeing the light and hearing the sound within during spiritual practice. This is a reading from one of my favorite Sant Mot books called The Pilgrimage of James, An Odyssey of Inner Space by George Arnsby Jones. Is the path difficult? I questioned haltingly. It can be difficult if your attention is in the wrong place, answered the holy man. If you constantly focus your attention downwards into the manifold attributes of the world, you will become identified with matter. But if you focus your love aspect constantly upwards into the being of God, you will eventually become merged with the all-embracing love of the Supreme Lord. Love is an inherent quality of the human heart, and it is through love that the most potent truths of all creation are apprehended. 
The beginning of the mystical path of love takes place within the human consciousness. When the aspirant has focused his attention at the third eye center, between and behind the two eyebrows. The third eye possesses its own illumination being vivified by the light of the soul and thus is not dependent upon external forms of light as our physical eyes are. Through the grace of a mystic adept, the aspirant has been given a simple technique to transcend body consciousness and to rise into the inner realms. First, he closes his outer eyes and sees with the inner third eye. He also closes his outer ears and hears with the inner spiritual ear. When these things are achieved, the current of consciousness throughout the body will withdraw and become concentrated at the third eye center. The body itself will become senseless, but the aspirant's awareness of his soul, his true self, will thereby be heightened. This is the initial stage of what the mystic adepts call Turiya Pad, the fourth state of existence, which is the state of transcendental or superconsciousness. George Ornsby Jones, the inner journey of the soul back to its origin. I'm a fan of the writings of George Ornsby Jones and have endeavored to place a few of them online. The following is from the Nag Hammadi Library of Egypt, an ancient collection of Coptic Gnostic and other spiritual writings from the early years of Christianity. Some of these are Christian, others are Jewish, others are Platonic or belong to Pythagorean or Proto-Orthodox. Some are Sethian and some are Valentinian. So it's a kind of sampler of religions related to Christianity authored sometime between the 2nd and 4th centuries A.D. The following is from Eugnostus the Blessed. Eugnostus the Blessed to those who are his. Rejoice in this that you know. Greetings, I want you to know that all men born from the foundation of the world until now are dust. While they have inquired about God, who he is and what he is like, they have not found him. The wisest among them have speculated about the truth from the ordering of the world, and the speculation has not reached truth. For the ordering is spoken of in three different opinions by all the philosophers, hence they do not agree. For some of them say about the world that it was directed by itself, others that it is providence that directs it, others that it is fate, but it is none of these. Again, of the three voices that I have just mentioned, none is true. For whatever is from itself is an empty life, it is self-made. Providence is foolish 
fate is an undiscerning thing. Whoever then is able to get free of these three voices I have just mentioned and come by means of another voice to confess the God of truth and agree in everything concerning him, he is immortal, dwelling in the midst of mortal men. He who is ineffable, no principle knew him, no authority, no subjection, nor any creature from the foundation of the world except he alone, for he is immortal and eternal, having no birth. For anyone who has birth will perish. He is unbegotten, having no beginning. For everyone who has a beginning has an end. No one rules over him. He has no name. For whoever has a name is the creation of another. He is nameless. Unquote. A reading from Eugnostus the Blessed. I begin with this because it sounds very similar to something found in the Sarbachan Radhaswami poetry of Swamiji. And I also want to focus on this reference to the unnamed God, the nameless one. The term nameless one in Indian mysticism is a term for the nameless supreme being, also referred to as Anami, or Anami Parush. Quite often in the Gnostic texts, the true supreme being is referred to as the nameless one, the one that cannot be named. This is from the Gospel of Judas, while we're here in this category of Egyptian spiritual writings. Come, that I may teach you about secrets no person has ever seen. For there exists a great and boundless realm whose extent no generation of angels has seen, in which there is a great invisible spirit, which no eye of an angel has ever seen, no thought of the heart has ever comprehended, and it was never called by any name. Gospel of Judas. The Nameless One. Anami. Anami Parush. The Nameless Being. The Supreme Being. That's the definition of nameless in the glossary of the Radhaswami faith. Anami Parush. Nameless Being. The Supreme Being. The following is from the Book of Prayers published by the Kabir Panth. When your karmas and meditation harmonize, then you will merge with the nameless God, Anami Parush. And this is from Philosophy of Liberation by Maharishi Mehi Paramahans. When all devotional practices are completed, then and only then does one reach the nameless state, or the Supreme Sovereign and thus attain moksha, or liberation, or final peace, or rest. As the sound originates from the soundless or nameless state, by grasping the sound, 
one is drawn naturally to the soundless state, the supreme sovereign God, Maharishi Mehi philosophy of liberation, a kind of manual of Sant a very wonderful book to have for anyone curious about Sant and all of its teachings. Sant meaning the path of the saints or the path of the masters. Surat, or the soul. The surat, or soul, is a drop from the divine ocean, the supreme being or state, also known as Radhaswami or Anami. This is from Huzur Maharaj Rai Salagram from a spiritual classic called Radhaswami Mat Prakash, which, if you want to translate that, would be Light on the Teachings of the Lord of the Soul. The Supreme Being, being a boundless ocean of spirit or love, and human being, being a drop or current of spirit or love from this ocean, and love being the very essence and means of existence of the whole creation, it follows that no effort in any direction, temporal or spiritual, unless actuated by love or affectionate regard can be crowned with success and the work or labor rendered easy, sweet, and harmonious. Love is most sublime, having its origin in the highest heaven, the abode of the Supreme Being. In whatever heart it sprang up, it will gradually raise and carry the fortunate possessor of this lofty and noble passion to the highest region. This is from the prophet Mani of Persia. Awake, bright soul, from the drunken sleep wherein thou hast fallen. O humanity, in whose hands there is great wealth, why art thou slumbering in this sleep? asks the prophet Manny. This is from Swami Haranandan Baba. Perform virtuous acts, you will receive happiness. Also do Simran, remembering God's name or meditating on the divine sound regularly. The biggest advantage of Simran or remembrance is that we do not have to pass through the painful cycle of transmigration of species again. Those who perform true worship meditate on the divine name or rid of the cycle of transmigration. The path of Sant Mata's not only about reconnecting with the light, but also with the divine sound, the logos, the word, the shabd, the music of the spheres, the sound current or audible life stream. Swamiji Maharaj says, the sound current is within us always. We could not live without the current. The current is life. The sound is going on within, without interruptions. 
and so is the light within. Why we do not see the light and why don't we hear the sound? The reason is that our mind is shaking, our attention wanders. One does not see the reflection of his face in agitated water. The moment the water is still, the face becomes clear. If the water is muddy, the mud brings in an additional disturbing factor. So purity of mind and calmness are the prerequisites to see what lies within the focus. This is also from Swamiji Maharaj. Sit still and you will reach your destination. Walk fast and you won't even make a start. Commentary by Huzur Maharaj, Raisalagram. When the body and mind become still, the soul starts its homeward journey. When the body and mind are engaged in worldly pursuits, the soul is inert. The method for learning how to do the meditation practice to become aware of the mysteries, the secrets of spirituality pertaining to the heavenly regions, the inner realms of creation, the subtle bodies, is called initiation or diksha. Diksha is the Hindi term for it. But it means initiation, and it's a very old wor uh, word used in both East and in the West. Initiation refers to being connected with the light and sound principle given by a competent living master. Namdan, Diksha, or spiritual initiation. The gift of Nam by the perfect master to a seeker after truth. The greatest gift in the entire cosmos by which the Sant Sat Guru gives a speck of his own spiritual earnings free of charge and opens the third eye of the initiate who can now rise above body consciousness and eventually achieve the true purpose of human life, self-knowledge and God-realization through regular Surat Shabad Yoga meditation upon the inner jyoti or light and sound. The spiritual practices of Sant Mat can be divided into three. I'll share with you some glossary definitions of these three practices, these three meditation practices one learns about at the time of their initiation. The first one is called Simran or Manas Jap, the remembrance of God by repeating sacred names of God. Simran, repetition of names or thoughts. In Sant Mat, the Simran of worldly thoughts is controlled through the Simran of the five charged names, repeated by an initiate throughout the day and when sitting for meditation as a means of collecting the thought currents at the third eye center, also used as a password of sorts to higher planes and protection from negative power influences. Simran 
constant repetition of five charged names provided by the spiritual master done with the tongue of thought or a mental repetition to still the chattering of the mind. It constitutes the first step of the spiritual ladder and is the key to the practice of listening to the divine sound within. Unquote. In other words, the repetition of these sacred names prepares one for another kind of hearing within oneself, the hearing of the divine sound, an inner hearing of a higher kind of name of God that is above all names, above alphabetical names. The second practice is known as Dion, meditation as a state of penetrating and focused attention with Simran and Bhajan, the means to dispel the illusion of Maya and call. Dion, contemplation on light, seeing within that leads to true knowledge or gnosis, the second aspect of Surat Shabad Yoga, also contemplation done upon the radiant form of the Master. Unquote. So Dion is inner gazing, inner seeing, and contemplating the inner light. The third practice is called bhajan, or hearing the sound current. Bhajan, devotional practice of listening to the inner sound current. The esoteric listening to the Shabbat, the sound current, or the voice of God, within the temple of the human body. The third and final aspect of Surat Shabbat Yoga. There are ten types of sound within, one may hear. In Surat Shabbat Yoga, only a few select sounds at each of the various regions are to be focused upon, to be listened to. Further, only the sounds coming from the right side should be listened to by plugging the ears to avoid listening to outer sounds. Unquote. From a couple of glossaries I'm making use of here, definitions of Simran, Dion, and Bhajan. There are many sounds one may hear in Surat Shabad Yoga meditation. But only certain ones are considered to be spiritual sounds coming from the plane above. And therefore, those are the sounds that are focused upon, as opposed to just any old sound. As miraculous as this whole endeavor is, the idea of hearing sound coming from other dimensions, coming from above, coming from beyond the silence, only certain sounds are associated with the planes and with the planes above, and thus, when you focus on certain spiritual sounds, it has a kind of ascension of the soul effect, or pulling up the soul, the soul's attention to the plane above, and then focusing on higher sounds, and those will take you further above, and so on. So, inner space has been mapped out for many, many, many centuries, and certain sounds are considered beneficial to the practitioner to focus upon, while other sounds are not considered to be useful. At the time of initiation, the complete instructions on 
the lights, the sounds, the various names, the inner regions, the subtle bodies, the, the cosmos, or the all, to use the Gnostic term, the all, ruling over the all. All of that information is disclosed, and the ultimate goal is to reach rest, or Sach Khand, Sat Lok, the true spiritual realm, the timeless, eternal spiritual region, the ocean of love, the source, the origin of all souls. Coming up next, a reading from Sarabachan Radhaswami poetry that somewhat resembles my earlier reading from Eugnostus, the Blessed, with a kind of big picture view of life on earth. This phenomenal world is perishable. Only the wise consecrate this human form by being devoted to bhajan and simran, listening to the inner sounds and the repetition of the sacred names of the Supreme Being. Opening verses of Sarbachan Radhaswami prose in two translations. Translation one. This world is perishable, and so also is all that pertains to it. A wise man is he who, having closely examined the nature of existence here, has realized that it is all transitory and illusory, and concentrated his human form, or rather, consecrated his human form, by devoting himself to bhajan and simran, listening to the inner sound, the divine sound, heavenly music, and the repetition of the holy name, the sacred name of the Supreme Being, and who, by taking the fullest advantage of the various faculties which the Supreme Father has graciously endowed him with, has translated the invaluable jewel within him, which is surat, or soul or spirit, the essence of his being, to its original abode. One, the soul or spirit is known as surat or ru, almost like the, the name ruha, a Hebrew term ruha for spirit. It has descended from the highest region, that is the regions of Satnam and Radhaswami and has taken location in this human body. It has got emeshed here in the mind, the three gunas or attributes, the five tattvas or original conditions of matter, ten indriyas, senses and organs, etc. And so tight are the bondages of the body and things connected therewith that it has become difficult. It has become difficult for it to extricate itself. Freedom from these bondages is called moksha, or liberation. Inner bondages are the mind, indriyas, tattvas, etc. Five instruments or senses of knowledge and five of action or karmas, the mind and the external bondages comprise property, family, and kinfolk. The soul, that is, spirit, is so much entangled in these two kinds of bondages, 
inner and outer that it has even lost consciousness of its original abode. So remote is the destination that it is now difficult for it to return to its original abode without the grace of a perfect guide. Now all that a man has got to do is take his surat or spirit back to its reservoir and place of origin, that is Satnam and Radhaswami. Until this is attained, there can be no escape from the joys and the sorrows, the pleasures and the pains of this world. The opening verses of Sarbachan Radhaswami prose this is the same, only from a different translation by M.G. Gupta. This phenomenal world is perishable, and all its causes and effects are also perishable. That the wise and shrewd man is he who, having carefully examined the burden of his activities, and having discovered that this is a fantasy world and mythical, has fruitfully and gainfully employed this human body and its related instruments and material in the remembrance or simran and contemplation or bhajan of the Absolute Lord, that having benefited from things which the Supreme Doer, the Absolute Lord, has equipped this human frame, he has restored his invaluable core, the quintessence of his being, which is the surat, or jiv-atma, the soul, into its real original abode, the Radhaswami's sphere, whence it descended. Jagat, the embodied spirit, i.e. surat, is called as ru, literally breath or perfume. And having descended from the highest sphere, i.e. the sphere of Satnam and Radhaswami, it has come to abide in this body, and it has got tied up with the three gunas and five elements, ether, air, fire, water, and earth, and ten andrayas, five instruments or senses of knowledge, and five of action or karma, indrayas, and mind, etc., Such bonds have come about between it, i.e. surat, and the body, and its related objects of pleasure that release from them has become quite difficult. This release is called moksha, or emancipation. The internal bonds refer to cords that bind the surat soul with senses, elements, and the mind. The external bonds imply the strings which tie up the surat soul with the objects of pleasure, family, and clan. In both of these kinds of bonds, the jiv-atma has become so entangled that it has lost all remembrance and consciousness, denoting or relating to a part of the human mind that is aware of a person's self, origin, and history environment and mental activity, of its real abode. Its destination, its original abode, has become so distant that it has to return to its original abode. But this return to the original abode has become extremely difficult without the grace 
of the perfect Morshid or Satguru. All that man has to accomplish is to take back his surat or ru to its headspring and source, i.e., the spheres of Satnam and Radhaswami. Until and unless this task is accomplished, there can be no release from the worldly pleasures and grief and all the pains and pleasures pertaining to this phenomenal world. A different translation called the Quintessence Discourse Radhaswami by M. G. Gupta. Note Surat. Surat is a drop from that divine ocean, the supreme Anami Radhaswami beyond space and time, the formless. And the soul is so am I, I am that, I am he. When Surat assumes body and form, it is known as Jiva or entity or Jivatma. The soul as a spark of the divine or ray of the supreme being or my favorite metaphor, the soul is a drop of love from the ocean of love. Initiation. This is from Baba Ram Singh on the subject of initiation into the mysteries. Our reason to be here to go beyond limited material ephemeral existence to knowledge or gnosis of the divine to find our soul once again and make its journey back to the divine the top priority in life initiation from a satsang discourse by baba ram singh swamiji maharaj says the dun, the shabd, the divine sound current is vibrating 24 hours a day at the eye center. Why don't you listen to it? Commentary by Baba Ram Singh. The soul, along with the mind, is so attracted to the outside world, it is continuously lost in thought of this outward world and its matters. The soul has completely lost its own identity and it has completely associated or identified itself with its complete surroundings. So after the soul listens to satsang and gets initiation from an attained master and does the practice, the meditation practice, then gradually and with the grace of the master, it focuses the attention within and gets in connection with the Shabad, the sound current. Swamiji Maharaj says that there are five Shabs, five sounds inside, which are explained during initiation. By doing Simran Dhyan Bhajan, you will manifest the Shabad within. This first Shabad connects you to the second Shabad, and likewise, the second to the third until you eventually manifest all the five Shabads within. So you get to see and you get connected to all the Shabads. And this way the soul gets to reach its true home, Satchkhand or Satlok, and meets its true father, the Almighty God. From a Satsang discourse by Baba Ram Singh on the ascension of the soul through the inner realms 
after receiving guidance at the time of initiation into the meditation practices of Santmat, Santmat meditation. More from Baba Ram Singh. Commentary on some verses by Sant Paltu Sahib, a classic Sant of the Sant tradition. Paltu Sahib said, The sound current which is resonating is Guru Dev, because the true form of our Master is the sound current, the inner Master. Baba Ram Singh. At the time of initiation, the Master's get us connected with that sound current. So, when we manifest the sound current, we are manifesting the radiant form of the Master within, because God Almighty is also in the form of light and sound. Our soul is also in the form of light and sound. And our Master is also in the form of light and sound. When we meditate and we go within, we first witness our own soul, and our soul is at the third eye center, and we see our own soul. That soul has shape. It does not have a substance or a form. It has shape, and after we have witnessed our soul, we have seen our soul, then we see the sky within as we see the sky now. We have the same sky within, And then the soul gets skyward bound. And when it goes up, it crosses the plane of the sun and the moon and the stars. And after that, the radiant form of the master is manifested. And once we have manifested the radiant form of the master, we see the same form of the master who has initiated us because that will give us the recognition of the master within. It's a form we'll recognize. Baba Ram Singh, then that radiant form of the Master takes the soul further and they get the darshan or vision of of light or jyoti. When darshan of jyoti or light happens, then the sound current is manifested and that sound current is the form of the Master. From a discourse of Baba Ram Singh, on the inner master, the radiant form of the master, the true form of the master is the Shabd or Shabbat. So it's really one power working at different levels of creation. There are not many different gods, but it's the same supreme power working at different levels, you know, along the, the spectrum of creation working with souls along the way. Coming up next, the ethical foundation of Santmat, Ahimsa values, the five precepts of Santmat spirituality. Moral requirements to qualify for initiation. The standard traditional lacto-vegetarian diet included. Basic ethical requirements 
to qualify for initiation. A lifestyle that's in harmony with the concept of meditation, going within, tranquility, calmness, purity, to go inside, to explore the world of within. One, abstinence from alcohol and drugs or intoxicants. Two, ahimsa or nonviolence in thought, word, and deed, including in the area of diet, as in following a lacto-vegetarian diet, abstinence from meat, fish, poultry, and eggs, fertile or infertile. As Sant Tulsi Sahib of Hathras said in his spiritual classic, the Ghat Ramayan, in Sant Mat, all masters have decried killing and meat-eating. Three, leading a truthful life. Four, practicing non-stealing, an honest ethical source of income. And five, loyalty to one's spouse. In Buddhism, these five abstinences are known as the Panch Shila. The Panch Shila of the Lord Buddha is comprised of the basic teachings of conduct, which are one, no killing, respect for life. Two, no stealing, respect for the property of others. Three, no sexual misconduct, respect for our pure nature. Four, no lying, respect for honesty, truthfulness. And five, no intoxicants, respect for a clear mind. That's a great version of the five precepts, the Buddhist version. A note about vegetarianism, veganism, and Santmat. Traditionally in India, the diet of Santmat and the yoga system and uh, indeed other paths of Hinduism Uh, Sikhism, Jainism, and so on, generally has been and is lacto-vegetarian. But if Buddha, Mahavira, Kabir, Guru Nanak, Tulsi Das, Tulsi Sahib, and so many other great saints were with us now, I am convinced they not only would be vegetarian, but they would be now advocating the vegan diet as the ideal in keeping with ahimsa values of non-violence and peace for the 21st century, I believe based on the current practices of the dairy industry in India and around the world, that classic saints such as Guru Kabir, Guru Nanak, Tukarama, Ravi Das, Tulsi Das, Namdev, Darya Sahib, etc., if they were with us today, would not only be advocating a vegetarian diet, but a vegan diet. These days, many are making this transition, including in Sant Mat, toward veganism. This is the direction that the vegetarian movement is headed in. Vegetarianism is going vegan. Vegetarianism is going vegan. That's Ahimsa Diet 2.0, if you will, for the 21st century. And thus on my website, and thus on my website, I came out with another version of the five precepts updated with this in mind. One, refrain from taking the life of sentient beings. 
This precept also requires strict adherence to an ethical vegan diet. This precept also requires strict adherence to an ethical vegan diet. No animal products. No meat, fish, poultry, eggs, fertilized or non-fertilized. No dairy products. Two, refrain from speaking what is not true. Three, refrain from taking what is not yours. Four, refrain from sexual misconduct. And five, refrain from using intoxicants or recreational drugs. Those are various versions of the five precepts. Initiation into inner light and sound meditation, also known as Surit Shabad Yoga, by a living master, a Sant Sat Guru, or qualified teacher. The Blessings of Having a Spiritual Teacher. This is a mystic poem by Sant Sundar Das. Without a teacher, there can be no knowledge of truth, no meditation, and no inquiry into reality. Without him, where is love, where affection, good conduct, and satisfaction? The master alone helps true reasoning. He produces light in the intellect. Without him, doubts abide, illusion prevails. There is no path without a teacher. Thus, O Sundar Das, do the Vedas teach. Abide in the presence of the one who gives his whole heart to God, who delights in naught else, from whom knowledge and love flow like a stream. Sundar says, love him and remain with him, and you will become as he is. Some mystic verses from a classic Sant, Sant Sundardas. I spend most of my time these days reading the mystic poetry of the Sants. I began long ago reading textbooks like Path of the Masters. Chakras, subtle bodies, planes, cosmic mechanics. You know, dismantling the cosmic computer to see the motherboard and, you know, the chip and all the connections inside. You know, you're curious about a thing like like the, the mystical teachings, the esoteric mechanics of the cosmos, but at some point I went in a more right-brained direction, and now I'm mostly fond of the mystic poetry of the Sants of India, and Sufis and other mystic poets, East and West. The master said to his students, what your own eyes cannot see, your human ears do not hear, your physical hands cannot touch, and what is inconceivable to the human mind, that I will give you. A great definition of initiation by a qualified teacher, a living master, a Sant Sat Guru. And it's found in the Gospel of Thomas, saying 17. What your own eyes cannot see, your human ears do not hear. 
your physical hands cannot touch. And what is inconceivable to the human mind, that I will give you. In the Sant tradition, the complete methods and secrets of meditation practice are communicated at the time of initiation or diksha, nam dan, by a living master, a Sant Satguru, competent, qualified teacher, or representative of a master, authorized to do these initiations. Not a past saint or holy book. A living teacher being fully acquainted with the landscape of inner space, the world of within, is able to impart to initiate candidates valuable guidance on how to safely make the journey of ascension to the inner regions during meditation practice within, exploring the kingdom of the heavens inside. This kind of spiritual transmission and the details of Surat Shabad Yoga practice, inner light and sound, transcendental seeing and hearing, are not to be found in books, are not found in old scriptures of the past, not for sale, but are given freely to seekers of truth by a living teacher. At the time of initiation, one vows to practice meditation every day and follow the path. As Swami Santseviji Maharaj once said, whoever sincerely practices the inner meditation comes to experience the light within. First he or she sees the light and then he or, uh, he or she hears the sound. Sound has a natural and inherent property of attracting the listener towards its source or origin. One who is capable of grasping the sound, springing straight from God himself, gets naturally drawn back to him, Swami Sant Seviji Maharaj. Whoever sincerely practices the inner meditation comes to experience the light within. First he or she sees the light and then she or he hears the sound. Sound has a natural and inherent property of attracting the listener towards its original source, its source or origin, one who is capable of grasping the sound, springing straight from God himself, gets naturally drawn back to him. That's a great explanation of the practice. Surit Shabad Yoga, inner light and sound meditation, is considered a form of Sahaj Yoga in India, Sahaj meditation. Sahaj just means natural, normal, an easy practice. You know, if you stick people in a cave, a dark cave, some of them will naturally see light and hear sound. You'll accidentally meditate if you just sit quietly long enough. Thank you. <laughs> you will accidentally find this reality. It's amazing. That's what Sahaj means. Normal, natural, easy. The light and sound are going on within us. It is the true miracle that we do not see or hear it. That's the great miracle because the light and sound are always there, just waiting to be noticed in the silence and in the darkness of meditation. 
wrapping up today's Sant Mott Satsang podcast on finding your spiritual path and initiation into the mysteries of the kingdom of the heavens. A couple of paragraphs from Swami Akutanand Baba on Sant Mott meditation practice. He says the practitioner should sit in a comfortable posture holding his or her body, neck, and head motionless in a straight line, closing mouth and eyes. First practice manas japa or simran, mentally reciting or chanting the sacred names without using or moving the lips or the tongue, the sacred mantra given by the master repeatedly with the fullest attention and alertness. This should be followed by manas dhyana or dhyan, fixed gazing at the visualized form of the master within us, keeping our eyes closed. Practicing thus regularly and with sincere love, the mind gets purified and the light manifests within. The mind is, by its very nature, fecal and prone to frequently straying from manas jap and manas dhyan, simran and bhajan. It's a normal thing he's saying here that, you know, we will get distracted when we try to meditate and, you know, we'll find that we've started daydreaming or dozing off. Something happens to distract us. Swami Akutanand. If that happens while meditating, it should be immediately brought back to focus on its due target. Thus, perseveringly practicing pratyahara, the process of applying the mind back again and again, every time it drifts away to the selected target the mind slowly gains in strength and is able to hold on, stick to its goal. With the mind getting focused thus, the inner current, the current of light, is subsequently easy to grasp, facilitating the journey ahead, says Swami Akutanand Baba in his book, Yoga of inner light and sound. So when we find ourselves distracted in meditation, that's pretty normal. That's pretty natural too. And so we just, uh, he uses here the term pratyahara, which means just refocusing back to the meditation. Every time we find ourselves drifting, getting distracted, daydreaming, you know, there are a million ways to get distracted in meditation. So whenever we notice that we have stopped focusing correctly in meditation, he uses the term pratyahara for simply applying the mind back again, turning back, refocusing once again at the third eye center, the repetition of the names, gazing within, you know, focusing on the light or hearing the sound. Pratyahara is his term for that redirecting the distracted mind back again again and again and again to focusing within during meditation. 
Thanks for joining me today for the Sant Mat Satsang Podcast, a production of Spiritual Awakening Radio.